Welcome to the Spiro Hangout, where we talk all things spearfishing, free diving, and foraging. We're three guys from Devon in the UK who are excited to share some of the learnings from our spearfishing journey with you over the coming episodes. We bring in some special guests along the way to help spread some in-depth spear knowledge from some of the most experienced people in the scene. Hey boys, nice to see you again. Hey. Hello, 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 hello. You all right? Good. Yeah, we're, we're back, man. We're back with a vengeance. Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that till next week. A few, few complaints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard work, isn't it? Trying to organise everything, trying to get guests oh, on man, and stuff like that. I, I, yeah, Honestly, well, the amount of work I put in, is, I, I don't know how I cope. <laughs> no, not you did edit that one there. podcast, I think. Yeah, that, that one with a whistle um, box and shit. I did two, actually. Oh, the second me. one, you had a go at me about it, and it's that's why good. I'm not allowed to do it anymore. Oh, yeah. The, the <laughs> big sections of audio missing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one is pretty bad. To Sorry, everybody listening. I was always well, told, if you don't want to do something, do it really crap the first time, and they won't, offer again. They won't ask yeah. again. That's right, and we won't be asking again. <laughs> I won't be asking to do anything again, especially not make a ras ceviche. Oh, uh, actually, I was I was about to say that's the one thing I will ask you to make again. We had a bit of a barbecue <laughs> over the weekend. Had uh, these guys around mine, and you made your ceviche, didn't you? And we loved it. Well, I did. Yeah, I to, you, Rich. To, no, to be fair, like, I'm, I'm winding him up. It was bloody amazing. That was be- That was by far the best ras I've ever had, and I will be making Agreed. it again. Yeah, I think it was one of my favourite fish dishes, actually, from the UK. I was really impressed. So, yeah, nice one, mate. I wouldn't go that far, but it was good. <laughs> top, what, top three, top three. What yeah, did I tell you to head is already after I made good. it? I said, please don't tell anybody about it, because I don't want everyone shooting the fucking wrasse. <laughs> it was rubbish. It was horrible. Leave my wrasse alone. <laughs> uh, it, it was cracking. Interestingly, Dan Mann also did a video, didn't he, a few weeks ago? Um, yeah about shooting the same thing. So I suspect it might be um, slightly more slim pickings this year. Mm. Well, when we went out on Saturday, excuse me while I'm um, sorry, like halfway in between some uh, garlic mushrooms. I'm yeah, this week has been crazy with the kids. Um, Dan man's video since then. Yeah. The amount of people I've seen on social media putting RAS um, like catches up that I know that in the past they wouldn't have shot them. And yeah. it's like, hmm, following the social media. But no. Um, I think it's, um, I would say, like, from a competition's point of view, where, you know, rats are on the, the score sheet, I think that's a really good thing because people are kind of more clued into how to use all the fish now. Mm. Mm. Yeah, As opposed true, to shooting yeah. them just for points. Yeah. You're yeah, shooting yeah. them and actually going to, you know, maybe even try them this year, which is good. Yeah, I'm all for well, it. Well, after trying your rat ceviche, um, I did think actually at the next BSA National, which um, we're hosting, if anyone does leave a RAS in the bin box, I'm definitely taking one. Obviously. Mm. Well, when is that, Rich? Uh, 11th of June. So I'm not actually competing that one because I've offered to do the safety, uh, shore safety side of it. So That's um, the Dorset yeah. comp, isn't it? That's a Dorset National, yeah, 11th yeah. of June. So. Yeah, so uh, I'll get first uh, dibs at the bin box, and I think I'll be taking the rice. Mm. And as, <laughs> as a little tip, for those of you that might struggle with scaling rice, boiling water is your friend. Very, very quickly, well, boil a kettle, put the rice over the sink, still with the scales on, and just pour the boiling water 
from the mouth down to the tail, and you'll see the scales quickly change color. Don't do it for too long, though. If they start curling up, you've done it for too long, you've cooked the skin, and it will be difficult to skin. But otherwise, just quickly flash boiling water over it, and the scales, you'll literally be able to wipe them off with your hand. Nice. I think yeah. there's a whole perception change, though, isn't there? Like, as you guys are saying about people learning how to utilize catchers, especially in the UK. Mm. Um, and, well, and obviously, social media is massive, um, you know, been massive, massively um, helpful in that regards. But also, I guess people's um, perceptions of whether they shoot rats or not, you know, we shoot flatfish, we take scallops, we take everything else. Mm. Like, you know, I know it's not sort of comparable in terms of like mating cycles, but yeah, I do get people's points and opinions. I mean, I just think if it's legal and you're going to eat it, that's fine by me. That's the biggest thing. If you're going to eat it, then fine. But if you're at a competition and you know that you're not going to eat a specific fish, be it ras, be it you know anything, it can be jellyfish, whatever you want. But if you're going to shoot a ras, do something with it, or make sure it's going to a home that is you know going to get used. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad that the only thing that I've brought to your spearfishing lives is my <laughs> ceviche. <laughs> I'm happy now. Witty sense of humour. Ryan pulled off for that. So uh, who we got on tonight, lads? Well, we've got two knobheads that have been away and we've got lots of stories for us. <laughs> no, Tony, no, Tony and Sam aren't on. <laughs> love you, Tony. Love you, Sam. That, yeah, so we, that, last, that last podcast has done all right, actually. I mean, I think everyone's like who listens to us on the regular yeah. was wait, waiting for it to drop, to be fair. It's been a while. It's been, what, six weeks? So mm. that last one, you, you guys have been bloody nutters, like. I was looking at the stats and um, yeah, it's been crazy the last two days since or three days since I dropped it. We're trying to post regularly, but in, yeah, obviously we have lives and we like to go spearfishing ourselves. So we'll do yeah. our best, our best as we can, basically. Yeah. Good stuff. So yeah, as we were saying, we, we thought we'd bring you a just us three week um, because I've been away to Australia and it's been away to Tenerife and Richard shot a bass. And um, that's basically what we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> Rich, do you want to kick us off? <laughs> oh yeah, mate. Well, why not? <laughs> Hang on. Have we got? Have we got forty-five minutes for this? <laughs> you can speak. We play glass houses. What a fucking knobhead. Yeah, the one who talks the most. Oh, why don't we get some experts in? I know. I'll just talk the whole time. So the experts don't talk. Anyway, I don't know why you needed to get experts on. I'm move here. it, move it on, move it on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had my first bass. The uh, not the most momentous occasion, but yeah, nonetheless, it it feels like it's kicking the season off nicely. So yeah, well done. First bass, a spider crab, and it went down a bloody treat on the barbecue. So yeah. lovely. Was that Dorset, Devon, Cornwall? It was Dorset, and it was the first time actually being in the water, and there was like yeah. a big bee born by a fish smashing in birds and all around me it was actually really cool wish i had my gopro with me um but yeah i was dorset and then i went out with you lads didn't we at the weekend yeah bloody devon and it was dead as anything well i disagree (laughs) only around you (laughs) (laughs) as soon as you got out of the water all the fish turned up well all the fish much like that (laughs) <laughs> one flounder and what else did you get a ras? I mean, yeah, I got did a ras, three rats. Three I got a pollock oh, that was definitely nearly the same size as Ben's. Nearly. 
and you two are taking the piss, but we've now figured out that actually any fish that I hold up, and this will tie into a story later on, any fish I hold up, be it in the water or whatever, look considerably smaller than they actually are, because I'm huge. Whereas mine? Looks considerably bigger, <laughs> because you're micro. <laughs> That's not a bad problem, so to be fair. <laughs> we'll just have scenario. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, if my penis was on you, it would look huge. Yeah, but you did me, send us a, a picture, didn't you? Yeah, it's only penis. Small. Yeah, that was. I, I I had to do the editing. I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I had to make sure that none of my penis was on show. And uh, it's not my fault. I, I feel happy. sorry for that. I feel sorry for that octopus man. Like God knows what he's doing. <laughs> I keep saying it's the missus I, I that I like. I like tentacles, but... <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. You're so wrong. So you went ben. to Tenerife, and you... Um, that was where you sent us a picture from, wasn't it, with your, with your octopus? What, yes. what else did you uh, get up to out there? But actually, let's, let's, why don't we rewind a little bit? Because I think... I was going to say, you go first. Well, it doesn't matter who goes first. I can go first if you want to. But I thought it might be interesting to talk about, like, the whole like journey because before I went away to Australia, I had no idea how to get my gear out there. Uh, so mm. perhaps perhaps we could start there. How did how did you get out there? And yeah, I'm interested to hear Anthony's uh, golf story. <laughs> <back. laughs> the, the gear getting out there wasn't that bad. The gear coming back—that's another story. Okay. Um, oh, so it was actually um, Sugar Daddy lent me, aka everybody knows now, David Callahan. Um, lent me one of his like soft sided and hard backed golf bags. Um, and so yeah, I just I packed all my gear in there. Um, I flew with EasyJet, or we flew with EasyJet. Um, so I just paid the whatever it was 40 quid each way. Um, for a sports bag which allows you 20 kilos and you're allowed pretty much all sorts of things as long as you declare it as a sports bag. You're even allowed firearms and live ammunition. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, with EasyJet, it was absolutely perfectly fine. Um, before we left, I weighed the bag and it was like three kilos over. So I took my weight belt out, put that in my backpack, my rucksack, my carry-on, um, and flying out absolutely fine. You know, got just check the bag in, no problems whatsoever. I don't know whether it's because obviously it's sporting gear, whether mm. it was in a golf bag and they just scanned it and saw some metally stuff. But yeah, no problems whatsoever. What about you? Yeah, so we flew, who did we fly? Qantas on the way there. So we went to, to Brisbane, uh, flew up flying out from Heathrow. And um, I didn't pack a gun because I knew that the Viz was going to be a little bit better than we used to back here. And the 75 slash 90 is just a little bit too short. So I just packed my fins, um, wetsuit, dive belt, but with much less weight than I'd normally take because I knew I was going to get a wetsuit out there and um i've just packed it in that you know like those fin bags like the softer fin bags that you get from the spearfishing shops that you mm. know carry carry my gear around sometimes in the car um just packed it in there and just like did all the straps up put like locks and stuff on it and um just went through the normal luggage thing like straight away didn't even maybe take it to the um the what do you call it oversized luggage thing and mm. it yeah just just really straightforward no problem at all picked up at the other end all like in, in really good nick um for me as well coming back was another story but yeah we can um well what happened to yours on the way back well so, well two things first of all so when we got to the airport 
um, in Tenerife, you so we rented a car. We went and put the car back with the Europe car. Hmm. Um, it was fantastic service, by the way. I mean, I paid for the additional cover so that it was like a smaller deposit, like only a hundred euro deposit, um, full damage waiver. So it didn't matter what damage was on the car when I picked it up and it didn't matter what damage was on the car when I dropped it off. There was none extra because I can drive. Um, but we did like 1200 miles in it. Anyway, dropped the car back, um, got into the airport and we were like an hour and a half before checking. Um, so we sat around and then spoke to somebody and found out that actually the check-in was completely the opposite end of the airport, a solid 10 minute walk carrying, you know, 50 kilos of stuff. Mm. But in my bag, as I left from Gatwick, I was told, don't put your weight belt in the sports bag, um, put it in your hand luggage. And so I did, you know, in my rucksack, exactly the same as, as we left, Checked in the sports bag, stuck it on the conveyor, waved it goodbye, went through security, was met with some very angry Spanish, Canarian, Tenerife um, ladies and men with guns who said, uh, no, you're not bringing seven kilos of lead in because we think that you're going to swing and hit people with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> it had already been quite a hot day. And so I was quite sort of, yeah, short-tempered and started effing and jeffing. Um, and saying that, you know, how come the English can do it right? And we were told to do it this way, but you guys, your communication shit. So anyway, had to go at them and then had to go and check in with EasyJet, my then rucksack, my hand luggage. Luckily, nothing happened to it between Tenerife and uh, home. So thank you, EasyJet, for letting me get that on for free. They didn't charge me for it. You know, I think they understood out in Tenerife that security... Um, make their mind up for what's allowed in the airport on, on the plane. Mm. Um, but also, um, which again, will tie into a story that we'll get into on the holiday later. I packed the head and tail of my Wahoo into <laughs> my sports bag and got it back home. Absolutely fine. No declarations not needed. <laughs> and I've, now, I've now got a Wahoo head and tail in the freezer. So yeah. Amazing. You didn't bring that to the barbecue. No, you wouldn't have won it there. It smells worse than I do. <laughs> I didn't believe that. <laughs> what did? What was your trouble on the way back? I say they lost my luggage, the whole bag. So what? we were, um, yeah, we flew back Emirates on the way. It's like a sister airline or whatever. We, so we flew back into Heathrow, and um, I was just waiting there for ages, thinking, oh, you know, it'll, it'll be on the next thing. It's probably the last thing that they take off or whatever. It just never arrived. Anyway, went to the. Uh, the luggage desk that they've got there. And they said, oh yeah, we there was one baggage that didn't make it onto the plane at Dubai. <laughs> what? Um, great, yeah, nice one. Um, yeah, and it, it, it was mine. And I because it was quite nice, like flat calm weather when we got back, I was itching to get back in and um, I, I couldn't. So I had to, um, I had to don a load of old, old gear for a dive when I got back home, like plastic fins and, um, you know, like, old weight belt and like stuff that I hadn't dived in for for a couple of years, which is weird. But yeah, it didn't didn't come back for another week. At one point, I thought I was going to have to go in and 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 rebuy everything. But uh, yeah, I got got there eventually, all all in one piece. But it was yeah, really annoying because you wait there for like half an hour, probably even even longer, like for your bags to arrive, and then nothing happens. There we go. Yeah, yeah I don't think there's anything you could have done either. Like I don't think it's just one of those things. Like whether it was. I don't know, they needed to do some extra checks on it or something. 
while you were so during all of that did you look into things like if your bag was completely lost is there like insurance or what happens if someone goes out there and your bag is just lost yeah like it's a little bit unclear so the baggage so the, the airlines would have to pay you for the baggage but it's not necessarily like a one form replacement so you can go out and buy things like essentials like underwear and socks or whatever if your luggage doesn't arrive with you on holiday and you can recoup the cost from them but it's like different rules for different airlines and you're not necessarily covered. You're definitely not covered with things like, like dive gear or whatever. Um, and you're definitely not covered on the way back either. So it like, it's pretty limited to be honest. And I think the whole like process, if I needed to buy anything new would have taken, you know, it's like three weeks, maybe four weeks for the whole process to go through before I'm allowed to like rebuy anything and, and um, claim it back. And like, if they damage your luggage, you don't get like, the full cost of the stuff back it's like a like a percentage so it's not great you just got to kind of um yeah See, i just beg his belief right. in this day and age it's like yeah. you, you give them your luggage you trust them with your luggage and they yeah. have one fucking job like yeah what's but- interesting mate is um the i think is it, is it america or canada have much like much better rules so that if they lose your luggage and you're either flying in or out of america i think it's canada um, you can just go and buy the stuff. So we we had um, some family members that were flying from it was Canada or maybe via America into Brisbane too, and they their airline had lost their luggage. They just went out and bought loads of new stuff and just like claimed it back off the airline. Then their luggage arrived, so they had like double, and they had to you know buy an extra suitcase for the way back on the on the return journey, but. Like yeah, it's they different. got double the gear. They they did get yeah yeah out. yeah because because they flew in I think via America where and America has much much better rules. So um, yeah, mm. there you go. Interesting. Get on Americans. One of the things that you are doing right. Well done. Yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just pissed off all of American listeners. Great. <laughs> Never mind. So yeah, nice. So uh, Ben. How many yeah, times did you get? How many times did you get out in Australia? So I was, um, I, as I said, I didn't take a, a spear gun out there. Part of the reason was that I knew it wasn't going to be big enough anyway. The other part of the reason was I was shit scared to go by myself um, because of the sharks. Right, we'll talk about that in a minute. But also um, because I hadn't, like, I just wanted to go free diving out there. I just wanted to kind of experience 20, 30 meters vis. I just wanted to see all the different fishes and. And wildlife out there and i did manage to do that a couple of times so i think i did one spearfishing trip um with with tim mcdonald i did one like arranged free diving trip and i did a couple like snorkel sessions by myself so not like a, a huge amount but i tell you what it was incredible and um like i'm gutted that i couldn't do more out there there's definitely some unfinished business yeah so i managed to get out with Tim McDonald and his, his friend Andrew, oh, and the calib- caliber of those divers is just off the chart. They are insanely good. And um, yeah, I've just never seen like ground or experienced a, a trip like that. Never seen fish like it. Never seen fish the size of it. It it was literally incredible. So we, we set off, so we arranged a, a, a pickup from the Airbnb we were staying at and drove down to the boat ramp. Uh, and he's got a uh, a Haynes Hunter um, boat. I think it's like a five or six meters. So not not massive. We we headed out across the sandbar. Sandbars are a new thing. I've not not been through a sandbar before. That was a, that was a bit of fun through the rolling waves. Got more exciting on on the way back. Um, 
in, in, in pitch black. But um, yeah, it, we set off there and we, we headed out. Obviously, I won't give, give away any spots, but it was between Brisbane and, and, and Morton Island um, area. And uh, yeah, did first dive, beautifully clear, loads of fish around, came back up again. Um, three minute breathe up, straight down. Our target was um, what they call cod out there, or it's basically grouper. And um, yeah, came up with a, a what was it, a five or six kilogram, not not huge grouper. I say it's not huge. This is the biggest fish that I've ever shot, and <laughs> I'd been underneath the water uh, for all of well, like two minutes. Um, it was also the deepest I've ever dove. So that dive oh, really? when I shot it was, I think it was at sixteen meters. So it's the the deepest fish I'd ever speared. Nice. nice. Um, and like I say, that was my second dive. I was like. My God, this is incredible! And um, yeah, we did a bit more diving around there. I had a a, a blue tusk fish. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them? I guess yeah. it's probably all over all over YouTube. But it ripped off, absolutely gutted. Um, Tim was on on the scene, and he also shot it, and and, and it came off there. So it, it's you know it's horrible when when that happens. What um, same fish? The same fish. <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't oh, believe no. it. And it was like a really good shot as well. I thought it was a good shot. I don't know. It probably wasn't, but that was a really disappointing part of the day because that fish has been something that I've wanted to try for a very long time. But thankfully, uh, very grateful to Tim for letting me have one of his um, for dinner that night. So yeah, always not lost by, by any stretch of imagination. And then we we moved on to a different spot and we were still targeting um, grouper. So um, Tim was having a, a bit of a gathering. Uh, it was the Easter weekend, so he was having a, a lot of people from from his church round. And yeah, we went to shoot cod, and then this dive, um, I shot what I thought was a fish around the same kind of size, like the five to six kilogram that I, I shot before, that maybe a little bit bigger. Anyway, I shot it, and um, like the gun was nearly yanked out of my hand. Now these guns are completely different to anything I've ever like speared before. I don't know exactly what size they are, but I would guess at like 120, something like that, um, like rife guns. So big, solid wooden timber blocks, um, impossible to load. I think it took me about 10 minutes to load it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen me. In fact, I've got footage cause I accidentally left the GoPro running and me faffing around with these double wrap hundred and whatever it is, 50 meter spears trying to get it in the slot. Um, but yeah, I shot this, this, uh, this fish I thought was about maybe eight kilograms, something like that, that managed to hole up. Um, like I say, it nearly yanked the, the gun out of my hands as I was on the, on the way up real gun, completely new experience to me. Um, Tim went down, got a second shot in it, but still wasn't good enough. We had to put three shots in this, this fish. Three shots. Three shots. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I swam, I got back on the boat um and i think there might have been been some boat traffic like that was imminently about to hit us as well at this moment so there's a lot of kind of jeopardy in this this massive fish attached to three very expensive guns do not think uh, about just asking it nicely well yeah we we we, <laughs> we certainly did um there was a few swear words going around <laughs> and uh yeah so we um put a third shot in it managed to tim I mean, like I say, he's, he's an amazing guy. He, um, I think he had to cut one line, swim through some hole to, to get this fish out. I, I think I've got it on, on footage, um, what he did. He, 
managed to get the fish into the boat and it was uh, just short of 120 centimetres. 120 centimetres is the limit. And I think it was 35 odd kilograms. So what's that? 70 plus. Like it was, I mean, it, it was, when I say the fish of a lifetime, now I'm not, uh, the part of me is a little bit, felt a little bit guilty because it was a lot bigger than I intended to shoot. And I'm not really a, I don't want to be a trophy hunter kind of spearfisher. That's not really me. I, I do it for for food and to be in the environment. But I mean, it was a special fish and I can understand like the adrenaline rush that trophy hunters go through having, having done that. Um, it was certainly like a, a really exciting time. Would I shoot another fish that size? I don't think I would. Because I did feel like genuine guilt afterwards. Is that weird? Have you guys ever felt that kind of thing? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, fe- I felt that with the soft shell lobster that I damn near grabbed straight through. So yeah, yeah. No, I, do, I get yeah. what you mean. You, you know what I mean. And look, I haven't put that second bigger fish on social media um, because I, I, I can, I can imagine people giving me a lot of hate for it. But the, the, the and justifiably so. To you, that, to Tim and his gathering, didn't oh, you? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was too big for us, and Tim Tim took it back for the gathering, and that was that was the plan, you know, for, for the group. But it's not like it was, you know, being chucked in the discard bin or anything remotely like that. But I just felt a little bit guilty, and I, I can't. There's lots of kind of factors to that. It's quite, you know, the, the big ones of the breeders, right, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But you know, I do it for. Did I you eat it, some? No, I didn't because Tim took it back for um for the gathering and I Did you eat any of the smaller it. one? Yeah, yeah, I swapped it for um the uh the tusky that I said about mm. um and also a mangrove jack, which I have to be honest, I mean they're both absolutely incredible. Couple, couple mm. of questions then. Did does Tim think that that one that you shot is like a fish of a lifetime for that area? I mean yeah, so there were three of us on the boat, and we were all pretty excited about it. Like, uh, I mean, I, I think I sent you guys the footage, didn't I? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He 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 was he was really excited for me, and like he he knew that. I think he had knew he that there was the, that big? Yeah, yeah, he had. Yeah, I mean, like th- these guys have been fishing for a very long time. They haven't had many in the boat that big, I don't think. Um, oh, okay. I think like for that particular species. I think it's, it'd be unusual to get one that one big. I, I mean, I don't know that for sure. I, I didn't ask him. It's not yeah. like a... And why did you think it was only eight kilos? So out there, the Viz was probably up to... So I've got footage of Andrew um, and Tim going down to 30, 40 metres. And you can almost oh, yeah. see them all... So you can see them levelling out at that. Mm. The Viz is just like off the chart here. And it's very, very difficult to kind of judge sizes. You get it over here sometimes. So, like, I find it, I find Pollock really difficult to size up. I don't know about you guys. I think there's something about the jaw possibly that that that, that really um, allows you to see if it's a big one or not. But like, I've been down. Oh, I tell you what, when when Felston, where there was no fish, Rich, and um, <laughs> I couldn't. There was this one that I thought I thought it was oh, absolutely massive. That one. And um, I dove down and actually it was like a very average size, you know, two pounder. So I, th- I find those quite difficult to size up. And it was quite good fizz down there. And I think that's probably 
what makes it harder mm. like things because you're kind of you're, you're compensating aren't you you're, you're trying to to work it out and the angles aren't quite right out and, you, and you're you've got your your mask on and um i think it's just difficult to size up yeah. it was also a lot so basically it was a lot further away than i thought it was it's, right, okay. it's a short story in fact i think tim said <laughs> if i had just taken like a couple more kicks forward you know would, would have possibly got a slightly better holding shot and, and wouldn't have had to stick three spears in i think that the shot placement was okay in the end and, and whatever but uh yeah it, it was it was a hell of an adventure and it, the adventure didn't like stop at that point that was just like something that obviously you know fish of yeah. life, like, really, really um sticks out we we went to some oh some of the most beautiful places I've, I've ever seen like insanely beautiful you think of like the great barrier reef as as being like beautifully colorful and all that kind of stuff we weren't on the great great barrier reef but it, it felt like it in places there like beautiful corals amazing fishes some of the the coolest things were like these um like a uh, I don't know what do you call them the funny name for a collection of rays anyway these eagle rays which are by, by far my most favorite thing that i saw out there just like gracefully gliding on through the like 30 meters of, of viz and it was just like yeah you just wanted to, to pinch yourself but it was also like really really like challenging for me personally so like obviously like shooting the, the fish and stuff is challenging in itself but we were out in some what i thought were pretty crazy seas to be honest like i felt really seasick i've never felt seasick before um like i did that day yeah, like that was crazy um and then on the way back in it, it took us was it like, an, like an hour an hour and a half from where we were spearfishing to get back into the harbor harbor dot whatever and um by that point it was dark and going through so we we, we arrived i don't know what it was you know like 300 meters from the harbor and then you can hear like crashing waves all around you it's pitch black the boat's got no lights pitch black these like big waves all crashing all around you and, and tim looks at looks around and he goes i don't even get through here boys i don't know what we're gonna do <laughs> like, stood off the shore for i don't know it felt like a very long time but at least 10 minutes just looking at each other going what the hell do we do? Do we like camp out here? Do we like try and find somewhere further up the shore where it's a little bit more sheltered? Anyway, we, we went in the end, just said we're going to have to chance it. But um, yeah, that was a, another moment of jeopardy. So I, when I got back in, I was just like, I just crashed. I was like so knackered. It was just uh, just the most epic day. Yeah. Incredible. That sounds insane, man. Would yeah. you, uh, so with the guilt that you or felt or whatever you want to call it yeah. um would you if you saw like i don't know this uh, 14 pound bass or something something monstrous in the uk would you shoot? yeah i think i probably would mate i think most people probably would i think it's very difficult in the moment to set to to a judge the size like i was saying but also like have the foresight to think oh no, because then they're going to feel guilty because it's a big breeder and all that kind of stuff. The chances of us ever seeing a 14-pound bass or certainly me seeing a 14-pound bass are, are pretty slim anyway. I just, I, I, just I thought it'd be interesting to get your... Yeah, um, it's, it's a good point. And look, I I do, um, I care very much about conservation. And if there was, 
you know, like a, a certain species or something like that was that was specifically under threat, then then absolutely, I, you know, you, you'd be much more mindful. But for me, I I see quite a lot of bass. I don't I don't see them as a as a species under threat. They're correct me if I'm wrong, but I think reasonably fast growing, especially compared to like wrasse and mullet and, and species like that. So although yeah, same same thing. The, the the big big bass of the bees and stuff like that. I don't. And maybe you know it's the same argument with this this cod that I shot. They're not specifically under threat in in the same way as some other species, for example. Um, and there's you know there's part of me that wants to to shoot a fish to show people the fish in a way. Like maybe if I had my GoPro, I wouldn't because then I could still show. Is that a weird thing to say? That makes me feel guilty just saying that. But do you know what I mean? Like, there's some <laughs> some part of me that wants to go. Hey guys, look this this thing was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, I definitely would shoot it. Uh, you know, and uh, I've it just yeah. My opinion is very simple, like just very yeah. plain and simple. Like if. If it's legal and I'm going to eat it, I'm going to take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I think I don't think it is simple. I think I think. Um, well, my thought process on the thought process is simple. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's you know it's quite it's quite a, a, a complicated thing because there's lots of different facts. Like for example, big big lobster. Would you take a big lobster? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would. I would. The bigger, the better. Big female lobster. Mm, as long as she's not buried. Yeah, if she's yeah, not get, buried, like yeah, the the, th- the thing is that there's, and the, the, I've heard this conversation so many times since I've been in spearfishing, especially by a particular set of people that are always counter and jumping the fence yeah. on what side they're going to be on. Um, but when you got something like a lobster or a big fish, um, specifically lobsters, they can kill and destroy the habitats for the smaller lobsters. So yes, they might be what's called the big breeder. um, But in my mind, it's like, well, if that big lobster has got her turf, she's not letting anything get near her turf and she will happily destroy and kill to protect. Absolutely fine. But if I come across her, (laughs) my belly, like absolutely. As long as she's not buried. Again, buried, if it's a proven female or notched even, um, if it's a proven breeder, then no. But if she is three years older and the V-notch is out of the way and she's still not buried, who's to say she can still even breed? You know, but she yeah, can still I think, kill. I think, I think there's morals behind everything that we do. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, all right, it might be legal. It might be legal and, um, yeah, you're going to eat it. But, like, morally, is it right? Oh, that's where everyone sits on the fence. Yeah, is right. It? Is there anything that you would like specifically draw the line at like that well that i didn't want to shoot ras i mean Same. When, we were, yeah, yeah. when we were in thurston um so me and me and anthony were like side by side almost and he swam right over this ras that was just lying in the sand by the kelp and it must be the biggest ras i think i've ever seen spearfishing and um i didn't tell him about it because i thought oh, that's i'll just leave it like let it be mm. <laughs> don't you know whatever like you know he's got he's shot enough ras in his lifetime and um then obviously that night we had we ate the rare ceviche and actually i was thinking about this after yeah. so i was like if i knew how good that rare ceviche was yes i probably would have shot that fish <laughs> because it's legal 
and I'm going to eat it. You know? Again, I think th- this all stems back down to the conversation, and not to get serious because we're talking about holidays and shit now, but the, the, the conversations of what spearfishing is against the population of any fish. Yes, it is killing fish. No, it is not the most sustainable practice because the most sustainable practice would be kill all humans. Um, however, if I'm going to take three rats and it fed, how many of us were there? 10, 12? Yeah, 14. Yeah. I mean, it was two, two really, really big ras and one medium-ish size ras, um, yeah. and it was absolutely devoured. Anything that anybody else didn't eat, I smashed, sat in the corner by myself with a couple yeah. of flowers. There wasn't much left, was there? Let's be honest. <laughs> no. Me and Davo sat in the corner, like quietly chowing away. <laughs> this is this is all right, but let's not tell him. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I I just think with all fish, you know, when it comes to the fish that you were shooting in Oz, and then you know the fish that I'll talk about in a bit, yeah, I think in the for the UK waters, what we do as spear fishermen is extremely selective and extremely sustainable. If you were to squash and quash all commercial fishing. Like, and I'm not saying to do it. I'm just saying, if you were to quash all commercial fishing and just leave spear fishing, the sea would get back to a fruitful amazingness in yeah. a matter of a couple of years. That's assuming though that there weren't more spearfishers because you couldn't go netting. I, I even even if I I personally believe, even if there was a hundred thousand spearfishers in the UK, mm. considering how often, I mean, you look at this year, how often locally can we go spearfishing? Yeah, I mean, like, East Devon is pretty terrible. But I I, I don't know, mate. I, I, I think, like, everything has an impact, right? And spearfishing, mm. when done, like, mindfully, can be the most sustainable way to spearfish because, in theory, there is no bycatch. Although, you know, let's face it, we've all had fish rip off. And you know that um, that blue spot tusk fish is an excellent example of a fish ripping off. That that tusk fish probably didn't live. You know, I hope my shot was bad enough for it to live, but it probably did. But it certainly wasn't wasted. Well, no, because sharks could have been all over. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's not like it was taken out and then thrown in a bin. You know, you 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 made a mistake during a sport, and mm-hmm. if you were to use that as your analogy. And we go over to commercials, you know the bycatch, the bycatch, and the way that things are caught, killed, and then processed. Like spearfishing, you cannot, you can't put any tar on spearfishing at all. And I don't care well, who you are. This conversation has got very serious. Considering, it's- <laughs> yeah, it's your fault, Rich. Yeah. Fuck well, let's, let's keep going down that line. And sharks. <laughs> so I, I saw quite a few sharks actually diving out in um, Upper Brisbane. It was the first time diving with sharks and it was scary, but also absolutely fine. Like you could tell they were chilled out, mm. not, not really interested. Well, just slightly inquisitive, but not really that, that bothered. Um, but sharks out there, and I certainly haven't heard about it out, you know, closer to home, but out there to the spear fishermen, they would argue that their numbers have skyrocketed to the point where they're a real problem and are a, and a pest. I guess. Should we spear sharks? hundred <laughs> percent. Personally, 
Um, I think, yeah. Uh, Again, it has to be it has to be backed by the numbers from you know the same people that run the IFCAs, the people that have put in things like our bass quotas and stuff, the fishing quotas. But if there is something there that says, yeah, (laughs) these white tip sharks are absolutely nearly worse than lionfish. 100% shark is really good. It's really good food to eat, really good meat. And yeah. if it's going to help balance out, then absolutely, same as killing the lionfish. Do you know what? I 100% agree. To, to me, protein is protein. And that might sound mm. a bit cold and, you know, uncaring, but... I haven't tried turtle yet, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, the, I, I don't think there's anything that makes it a shark special. And I get, you know, people's argument that they are the... What do they call them? Like the vultures? Apex the predator. Anyway, whatever they, you know, people would say. I, I get what they're saying. They're important to the reef, but so is pretty much every other species, right? Mm, you know, 100%. everybody has a, a part to play in that food chain. And um, yeah, pro- protein's protein. If you're going to eat it, we, d- we don't complain about people eating pigs or cows, and they're pretty intelligent things. Um, well, I don't so, know whether you guys watch documentaries on YouTube much, or um, yeah. have you seen that... Um, Best Food Reviews with Sonny. No. Um, oh, get on that. Sonny is a traveler that has been, I mean, he's he's huge on YouTube, millions and millions of followers. Um, but he does these food sh- review shows where he goes all around the world and eats what the local eat and okay. um, like goes into all these markets and stuff. And he does them literally all over the world. So we'll go into like the dark depths and savannas of Africa and eat monkeys um and then he'll go into like uh i don't know thailand and eat all the bugs but he did one where he went to i want to say norway um or maybe finland or it was one of the islands i can't remember no i think it wasn't the faroe islands faroe islands and they do the pilot whales and they where they they the pilot whales that come in and they have that yearly or every other year cull whenever they decide to stray. The but, grind. Yeah. But they they like they freeze all the meat. Everybody gets their fair share. It is something that's been around for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Yeah. And the scientists or the scientific papers that have been done on it, they don't go out and bring the, sh- the the pods in. They just catch a pod that may have wandered into their sort of island territory and it's like not even 0.001% of the population of pilot whales it has absolutely no impact on their numbers whatsoever and that has been proven by the likes of like greenpeace um absolutely do it yeah i i think i agree mate people are funny about taking octopus as well aren't they after watching mm. the netflix documentary <laughs> i haven't tried it <laughs> Well, I, still, <laughs> I still haven't like made my mind upon this one because oh interesting I mm. love I love no 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 I mean I love octopus and I'll definitely shoot one okay all right okay. <laughs> what, what I mean is you see so many conflicting things on social media in the UK where people yeah. say that they're invasive and on the other hand they're not invasive they've been here for bloody years so mm. what is it are they invasive or not like we have confused. native octopuses. That, that mm. Yeah, so octopus, octopuses. But I've heard Octopi. multiple people Octopi. say, <laughs> I've heard multiple people say that they are invasive. So where the I hell? Th- I think there's invasive species of octopus where we've got, say, for example, like our native fishing lakes. 
you'll have a native octopus that is a certain size, and then you've got an invasive octopus that is considerably bigger that ends up killing the local native octopus. I don't think that's what's happening in this country right now. I could be wrong. I'm definitely not a scientist. And I'd be really interested. Yeah, if any of our listeners know exactly what's going on, whether there is like a foreign species that is invading our waters, but certainly like last year and indeed the start of this year, there's been a lot of octopi around. I need to look that up. It's um, not octopi. So- <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted you to say it. <laughs> I love that you trust me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Um, and, and there's been a lot more than in previous years. And if you look at like the records in history, there has been like previous like surges. I don't know what it, it, it might be. Something as simple as like you know when there's a lot of rain or very little rain, and it makes the breeding conditions good for a particular yeah. year or two. So there's, there's, I'm sure there's some kind of natural features behind it. But yeah. As you it's say, probably it's quite quite similar nature. to how like the whole rabbit breeding goes because you get rabbit cycles mm. every five years. Rabbits breed really really well, and then they start and it's just supply and demand effectively where they then eat everything locally and then they start dying off because they've raped and pillaged, and then they start declining in numbers until then the food that they're eating increases. And I think that's probably similar with octopuses where. You have one year where they smash everything, eat everything, and then breed a lot. But then it takes a couple of years for them to catch up because octopuses only live for like two years, don't they? Yeah, that sounds about right. But if anybody that is listening, yeah, we're chatting shit. We no is an expert. <laughs> please, um, you know, send us a voice recording or come on the podcast because we'd we'd love to find out a little bit more about it and the, and the science behind it. Um, we love a bit of science, although um, really we're useless at it. But yeah, no, that best view reviews show. Sunny is really, really good. Cool. And the more yeah. recent stuff is even better because he's getting quite it used to be quite clickbaity. Yeah. Um, but now it's quite serious and yeah, it's got lots of information there. But yeah. What are um just staying on the conservation side of things? I, I said to you I went and did some free diving. I went out to a place called Julian Rocks. Um, and it's I think they call it a green zone out there. But basically, it's a marine reserve, somewhere where you're not allowed to fish at all. doesn't matter whether it's spearfishing, lining, whatever. Mm. There is no fishing at all within, I don't know what it is, it's, it's, a, it's an area. Um, and the, the life there was incredible. We saw um, like leopard sharks everywhere, fish, like incredible numbers of fish, groupers. Um, it was just yeah, just like completely left unexpectedly alone. amazing. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was left alone. But it has to say, not quite as amazing as some of those places I went with Tim, but I think, you know, that was kind of a different kind of thing. This was a, a little bit more touristy, but the, the numbers of fish there was was incredible. What, what are your thoughts about setting up marine parks in the UK? We've already got them. They're corporate yeah, conservation yeah. zones. No, they don't, and they don't, they don't not apply real, any fucking rules at all. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. except the one I, the one I know of, yeah. which um, I might be incorrect, so don't quote me on this, but Lundy Island, I believe, yes. is a no-fishing zone. Hmm. Yeah, I think they've set up a... Uh, they've increased the rules on a couple recently. I can't remember the, the details, but I was reading it day and it sounded like they were stopping it might have even been even been all fishing but yeah i don't know if i'd be too happy if 
for example, East Devon were made into a marine park where I couldn't go spearfishing. Well, when I, I went down to Porth Kerris um, yeah. last summer with Rachel on a little weekend away with some other go freediving guys on a freediving trip. And I took my spearfishing gear and that weekend we had the Meadfoot comp. Um, and at Porth Kerris, it's scuba only and freedivers. No spearfishing from the beach because it's a privately owned beach. And when I went out there with Rachel and a, a few of the others, the fish there, considering it's a known area that you're not allowed to spearfish other than if you were to get in from boat. And even then they sort of, they frown upon it and they have a go at you and give you crosswords. The fish there did not care that I was there. And as I've got GoPro footage of me going underwater with no gun, but my hands pointed like 007 guns and pretending to shoot these fish, they didn't care. And I was swimming with them and there was mullet, bass, pollock, and they were just like absolutely fine with me being there. Yeah, it's pretty magical. Do you think you'd find that? That's not just about the no fishing rules, is it? That's just about somewhere being remote where not many people go, right? No, 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 because there's people there all the time. I just think that the fish that are there, I don't know whether it's that they kind of stay local because, again, a lot of them are mullet um, and they don't migrate, but they weren't like the fish in any of the other waters that we get in, a.k.a. As soon as you see a fish and you go down, normally pollock are the stupid ones that sort of that stay quite close, but the bass are really cautious unless they're in a huge shoal. These guys, there was like four or five bass. I swam down in amongst the kelp and they just came straight up to me and they're like, oh, hello, how are you doing? Welcome to this freediving. And it's just like, they just did not care. So it's, it, I feel as though it's like they knew that they weren't at risk. It was just really odd. Yeah, but yeah, interesting. Again, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I've digressed completely. I, think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th- I think going back to what you're saying, <laughs> marine conservation areas, absolutely, they they are a thing that we should absolutely have, even if we have them similar to like a zebra crossing, where yeah. there's five miles on, five miles off, five miles on, five miles off. The commercial fishing lot will not let that happen ever. Mm. They're not going to. They're the mafia. Not, it's it's not going to happen. Just, just in case anybody is interested, there's three highly protected marine areas right now. That's uh, Allenby, Allenby Bay, Irish Sea, Dolphin Head in the English Channel, and northeast of Farns Deep. So those are like deeper areas, I guess, mm. rather than any inshore areas. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I think I've, I've also seen. I think it was it West Bay or Westbury. Um, yes, yeah, so supposedly 40% of the seas around the UK are protected in some way, but I'm pretty sure 39% of those don't ban fishing. So, mm. yeah, Wembury, I think, is is that a voluntary thing as well? Yeah, it's it's it, I've seen the signs up and it says, you know, no fishing, no spear fishing. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, the IFCA have, have confirmed that there is nothing legal in place there. It's, yeah, it's a please don't kind of thing. Yeah. Which, you know, I guess. Yeah. Enough, yeah, yeah. Even beach. yeah. No, absolutely. Cool. Anyway, I will stop hogging the mic and pass over to you, because I want to find about your holiday to Tenerife. Uh, we've already found about your baggage. Let's get into some more <laughs> oh, exciting stuff. I was just going to say, have you got, have you got two hours? <laughs> you need three. Mate, tell us <laughs> what, what, what um, you, your octopus was first up, right? 
Yeah, so um, me and Rachel went out for eight days, left from Gatwick. Um, Again, we could have left from Bristol, but she thought, oh, yeah, but the flights are cheaper from Gatwick, not taking into account the three and a half hour drive each way and the fact that we need to put the car into car parking. But anyway, um, so, yeah, left on whenever it was a Sunday and we came back on the Monday. Um, Absolutely. I mean, the Canary Islands are gorgeous. I've been out there already. And um, that's where I did my training course, uh, just down the road from where we stayed in Tobaba with the Go Free Diamond Knot. Um, stunning island. The waters are, yeah, just the same as Australia, like you were saying. Anywhere from 20 to 50 metres viz, just blue all around you. Um, volcanic island, so it's very sort of porous rock um, with lots of sand, but a lot of it's been imported um and yeah we didn't see much black sand until the last day we went on to the very north of the island but yeah caught my first ever octopus uh so that was day we were going i know we went we went south the day before and booked a boat trip out on the oh god the freebird freebird one which is a massive gold catamaran style um sailboat absolutely huge worth at least three three and a half million if not more um and went out on that went and with an organized tour or just yeah yeah it was just one of those things where you pay 42 euros and you get to go on a boat and they take you out to go and see dolphins and uh was it short nosed pilot whales short thinned pilot whales one of the two Mm -hmm. um and so we went out it's about four or five miles off of shore um, with a load of other tourists and went and saw the pilot whales and then came back in. You're allowed to jump in for a minute um, at this other place that they, they came in this little cove um, at about 12 metres. And it's the first time. So we jumped in. I, well, I jumped in. Rachel stayed on the boat because um, it was quite windy and jumped in in what looked like five or six metres to the bottom it wasn't. It was twelve to thirteen, and but I had only a pair of shorts, no fins, no snorkel, um, you know, no weights or anything. And so I started swimming down to touch the bottom, and my watch went off at, and pinged at ten meters, and absolutely scared the shit out of me because I looked at my watch and went, uh, "Why am I this deep with no fins, no suit? I'm not in my free diving environment." Like shit get straight back up, up to the surface, have a fucking panic attack. And then the guy that was sort of watching over us on the back said, oh, you're a free diver. Go get some sand. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Now I actually have to touch the bottom. Absolutely bricking it, but did the breather, went out to the bottom, got some sand and brought it back. And he said, hooray, well done. You're a very big boy. Uh, <laughs> Little and, did he know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was wearing shorts. He saw us. Um, yeah, then got back on the boat, and we really—I I was sort of scouting for spearfishing area. And luckily, when we went back in, the local town had uh, a spearfishing shop that was closed. Um, but I went and knocked on the door, tried to ring the bell, and there was no one there. Saw the telephone number, rang him, like rang the shop like three times, had no answer. I thought, oh, that would have been really good. But anyway, so then we, we stumbled off, and like 20 minutes later, I get a message on WhatsApp from the number that I'd been ringing, Stata, Spearfishing, um, and Viaggio. And so anyway, I get a message from him saying, oh, sorry, I'm really, really busy. Um, 
what's up? How can I help? And I said, well, I want to go spearfishing. He said, ah, okay. Have you got your license? Which is another escapade I'll talk about in a sec. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, yeah, I got my license. Um, I brought all my gear. Don't need anything. Just need a guide. And he said, okay, well, do you, have you got your guns? I said, yeah. Yeah, I've got my guns. I brought my 75, didn't I? You know, and my 85 roller that's the worst gun on earth. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, well, send me photos tonight and we'll have a look at your guns and then we'll talk about going out on Sunday. And so anyway, we, was, then the following day, I was like, right, well, I sent him the photos of the guns. Me and Rachel want to get to the beach. I want to go out spearfishing. Um, but I only had my smooth skin top and my bottoms, which are both seven mil in 22 degrees water. So <laughs> absolutely cooking my tits off. I've taken my bottoms off before I got in um, on the Thursday or Friday and taken my bottoms off. So I'm just in my top, taking my 85 roller again, which is absolute shite, and go swim around for three hours. Anyway, first half an hour, as I'm starting to swim out, really strong current, about three knots, I get this immediate pain on my inner thigh, feeling like third degree burns, fucking agony. Anyway, look up, Portuguese man of war stuck to my face with its tentacles wrapped around the inside of my thigh and just absolutely <laughs> myself. Nice. Um, so yeah, grabbed the tentacles, pulled it off, tried to wipe all the little blue stingers off the inside of my thigh and then just manned, manned up and uh, carried on for the next two and a half hours of which I stumbled upon a rock and saw an octopus just peeking at the top of this rock. Um, I managed to get a shot straight into it and before it could go under the rock, managed to grab its head, but then didn't realise how strong, because this is my first ever octopus, how strong their suckers are on your arm. And this octopus was not letting go of this fucking rock. And I'm down at only about nine, ten metres, but fighting this octopus. I've dropped my gun now and fighting this octopus to either let go of the rock or let go of my arm. And I'm you know, quite a strong bloke. Doesn't matter how hard I was pulling, I wasn't either tearing his tentacles off or getting him off the rock. And so I ended up having to just yank my arm clean out of him go to the surface, grab another breath of air and get back down. And by this time he'd gone straight under the rock. And so I just had to manhandle the rock up um, and move the rock out of the way to get this fucking octopus and then got back up. And it was only a tiny little octopus. The photo that I've got of it. uh, Yeah. It doesn't do that story quite justice. (laughs) (laughs) Was it tasty? Absolutely. Yeah. Boiled it for an hour. So I took it back to the room. Um, we had like an all. No, uh, no, 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 no. You tenderized it first. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't forget. Oh, me. yeah. Yeah. And then he marinated it. He tenderized it and marinated it. It was very salty. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, so, no, from watching the, all the YouTube stuff, I've heard that the best thing to do with octopus is like get it in as much water as possible and just keep squishing it so all the slime sort of comes out. Um, and so I took it in the shower with me, of which my lovely partner, Rachel, took a sneaky photo um, that also may have included my 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 penis. Um, so I had to edit that out. And it was absolutely, I mean, I only just about covered my penis when I edited it, as Rich can attest to. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely not what Rachel said. 
Yeah, I, I was at the barbecue as well, mate. She did, definitely did not say that. I think she said, <laughs> I wish, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, boiled it for just over an hour um, and then let, let it cool on the side and then shallow fried it. Well, I didn't even shallow fry it. A little bit of olive oil, um, loads of salt and pepper and just really hot flash fried it. And then had that, and it was amazing. Nice, beautiful. Got a little cuttlefish at the same time, so that went in with the octopus. But the cuttle was, yeah, he was just a small cuttlefish. It wasn't anything to write home about. Um, and then yeah, so that afternoon before I got out, so when I caught the octopus, um, I met Biagio. Um, he came down. He was going out for a dive in the evening. And Rachel had already been sat on the rocks reading her book for three and a half hours. So she wasn't staying out any longer so we had to go um but really good to meet him and then he sort of had a look at my guns um absolutely laughed his tits off at my guns and he said not a fucking uh, chance what's these pea shooters you put in? <laughs> not only that he actually so he it wasn't just laugh, like he, i've now figured out exactly what's wrong with that 85 roller um absolutely the gun is just totally fucked um, so I didn't know that the front rollers on your, you know, the reason why it's called a roller gun is because the front rollers are meant to roll. Well, the two front parts that hold those rollers on are completely bent. Like the rollers have never rolled. So I think that was probably one of the problems that we had in Scotland. Um, right. but yeah, he was just like, no, absolutely not. I'll bring one of my guns. And so I ended up using his gun on the trip that I went with him. So yeah, he went out and, um, caught a couple of uh wahoo and he's small wahoo um but then i said right well we'll meet you on sunday we'll go out for a dive in the morning um and so we went to one of his spots got out of the car used one of his guns got in the sea and swam christ for an hour solidly and didn't move <laughs> at all we went out probably 500 meters and were just constantly swimming against the tide and the current and we were effectively getting pushed backwards it was that much current um and when he said it was ready we dropped he's got a like a bit of christmas tree tinsel big fat tinsel um on a weight and he dropped it down to 12 meters 10 or 12 meters um and then we just kept swimming and kept swimming and kept swimming <laughs> until sort of like 25 minutes pass and he shouts over and goes Wahoo! I'm like, I'm looking down, going, there is no fucking wahoo. What's he on about? I look at him and go, where? And he points up to the surface, like ten meters away from us. Three fucking great wahoo. I've never seen anything so big in my life, not even my penis. And it was just like, I was just absolutely dumbstruck. Turned over, and he said, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. And so, sorry, before we got out there. We went down to 10, 12 meters and and got a, um, he called them parrot fish, but they're like our ballonrass, uh, about six inches long, but they're bright red and yellow. And he'd scaled it and sort of cut a few bits in it. And he said, wait, 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 wait. He threw the fish. And as the fish landed, all three, so they were sort of side onto us and you could see their zebra tripes, these wahoo. About 20 to 25, 30 kilos, big fish, because and I know this because they were bigger than the light shot. Um, and as this parrotfish hit the top of the water, all three of them immediately turned absolutely bang on this fish that he's just throwing, this parrotfish. And they start coming over. 
And again, probably 10, 15 meters away from us. So we start slowly swimming towards them. I duck dive down to about five meters to stabilize the shot. And this fish just comes straight up to me, like as if to sort of say, oh, have you seen this parrot fish over here? Come have a look. <laughs> so bang, absolutely perfect shot. Just literally kissed his gill plate just into the back of the flesh, straight through his spine and bang, off this fish goes. And I've never seen something disappear in crystal clear water so fast. And next thing I know, so the rig that they've got set up out there, I don't know if it's the same for you, Ben, where the spear and your line isn't connected to your gun. So you rig up, but the line is connected directly to your float and some bungee. Um, And then that float is connected to another float so that they don't get sucked underwater. Um, but as you shoot the fish, you basically, you, you don't drop your gun, but your gun is attached to your wrist, and your gun is then no longer your point of interest. Your point of interest is entirely the fish, the line, and the floats, and trying to make sure it doesn't go too tight. Anyway, this fish has gone off. Um, feel the line go taut. I start swimming with the line, and about three seconds later, I just feel the line go slack. I'm like, oh. Fucking the spears come out. And so I said to the turn to Biagio, I was like, the spears come out. He said, What? I said, the spears come out. And started reeling the line in. Anyway, get uh, close to the end of the line. I can't feel the spear. And I'm like, no, this line's getting lighter and lighter and lighter. The spear hadn't come out. This the line, the mono, had snapped at the connection on the spear. And he said it was at the end of the day we we spoke about it. He said, Yeah, he he should have replaced that line because he only replaced it four weeks ago. Jeez. <laughs> so oh, it had frayed. Absolutely gutting. Yeah. And so it left the spear in the fish. And again, like you were saying earlier on with that yeah. tusk fish that tore off, that wahoo would have been eaten in within a couple of hours by sharks and stuff if it didn't survive. Um, but yeah, lost a 60 quid spear. <laughs> it's about... Yeah. A bit harsh because he's like 120, 130 guns. Um, and so anyway, demoralized. And obviously, one gun without a spear, we've only got his gun left, which is his personal blue custom, really stupidly light wooden, similar, like you were saying earlier on, rife type guns. Um, and so he gave me that one. We're like, are we gonna find any more Wahoo? Because we just found those in 25 minutes. Um, so anyway, we carried on swimming still going backwards in three, four knot current. And uh, just hour, hour and 25 minutes go past, still nothing. And just in the darkness directly below me, and this would have been probably 30, 35 metres deep, I just see this glimmer underneath the flasher. I was like, I couldn't figure out if I was being seasick or whether it was fish. Anyway, it started coming closer up and it was was, uh, the Wahoo. So I said to Biagio, I said, oi, because he hadn't spotted it this time. And so I said, wahoo, wahoo, wahoo. And he said, right, calm, 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 calm. Just stay still. And we still had that parrotfish. And so he threw the parrotfish. He came and the wahoo came straight up, kissed, or effectively like nosed, touched the flasher, then saw the parrotfish and just swam straight for the parrotfish. And I was positioned really well just behind the parrotfish as this wahoo was coming up. Wahoo came to the parrotfish, smelt it, 
and then turned, looked at me and swam directly at me, at which point in the video that I've got, it looks like I poked the fish in the eye with my spear. It was that close, or what looked like that close. And anyway, got the shot off. I spent another 25 minutes then chasing after this fish, making sure that we weren't going to lose it by the line snapping or, you know, just trying to keep the tension off of the line. Um, and then finally, yeah, I sort of got my hands in its gills, at which point Biagio's got his knife and nearly did a Tony Sykes on me because he's just immediately yeah. gone and shoved this fucking knife into the Wahoo's head. And my hands are in there. I'm going, shit, no, not Tony, not Tony Sykes. I'm not losing my fucking finger. So I'm holding this fish, which is trying to brain it. Um, and I said, no, 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 I'll do it. So I took the knife off him. I finished off the fish. And then we were really, really ecstatic, you know, high-fiving, fist bumping. And we were like, right, we've got to get all these guns sorted and get back in before the sharks come. And so anyway, he said, oh, no, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's good fish. It's small, but it's good fish. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, this is the biggest fucking fish I've ever seen, but cool. Fair enough. <laughs> So we start swimming back in. Um, so it's about 45 minutes, an hour to get back in. And um, we were getting out from some steps. And he got out first while I was holding the fish in the float. And I passed him the fish. And his face, as I passed him the fish, and he got it in his hands for the first time, was like, oh, no. No, this is not small fish. This is medium fish. It's good <laughs> fish. <laughs> and then there's, there's a photo of me holding the fish with Biagio stood next to me and uh, with the fish in my hands, it looks like a decent fish. It's the same size as Biagio. <laughs> so <laughs> it was 14 kilos and so nothing huge, huge, but um, 14 kilos or 31 pounds. And yeah, just a fucking amazing memory. Really, mate. Um, and Biagio at Status Spearfishing in Tenerife, thank you so much for taking me. Um, and I know we've spoken since then and, hundred percent. I've I've got three years left on my dive ticket in the Canary Islands, and yeah, I'll be coming out there at least at least once See, a year, if not a couple of times. Was it easy to get the license then? Fucking no! Oh my god! So, for the Canary Islands, you need a Canarian spearfishing level two license or tier two license, um, for which you need to first of all have booked an appointment with the local municipal, which is their local council hall. Um, you need to have got the form off of them, then go and have a medical uh, done for a medical certificate or certificate of medical, um, so that you are passed to be fit and healthy for that sport. And I'll get onto that in a sec. Um, what the doctor said in a sec. Um, and then you need to go <laughs> back to another appointment with the municipal for them to look at your medical certificate. Then they give you, considering this is like, so went first time at the municipal, which is in the north for the, where we were close to us, they definitely spoke English, but refused to because we are tourists. So no, no English whatsoever. So I'm on Google with my translations, um, trying to translate everything into Spanish. I'm sorry, Tenerife next time I'm, we're going to learn Spanish so that we can actually, you know, do you guys justice. Um, so yeah, we, we found out we need the medical from this local doctors, um, of which when you turn up, you need to pay 30, 30 euros for the doctor and three euros for the certificate. That medical includes, first of all, your blood pressures, then a listen to your lungs, 
and then an echocardiogram to make sure that you're not pregnant as a man, um, which the doctor found hilarious, by the way. <laughs> First time, he was a really, really plain, quite normal man, obviously a doctory type, no sense of humour whatsoever, absolutely wetting himself because he, because I said that I was making sure that I'm not pregnant. Um, but anyway, at Tenerife or in the Canary Islands and in Spain for your spearfishing license or any other kind of license, so driver's license or whatever, you need this certificate for medical. Um, so I passed it and the doctor said at the end, you are perfecto, which I am perfecto medically. Anybody else that says otherwise can fuck off. Um, so yeah, got a certificate. Sorry, I'm going on. Um, go back, and this was got a certificate at one o'clock. Go back to the municipal at about quarter to two. The very, very not happy Spanish man um, then came, uh, took me in for the appointment and said, okay, here is your license. You need to go and pay for this. So you then need to go and pay for your spearfishing license on top of the 33 euros, which is 24 euros and 63 cents, of which you can only do at a bank. You cannot do it in the minute to pal. So it's now five minutes to two. The bank's closed at two o'clock. So yeah, thanks Spain. They're going on the siesta at two o'clock and then they don't open again until the following morning at seven or whatever. Luckily, three doors down from our apartment, we had a bank. So the following morning, uh, half past seven, I was stood outside the bank waiting for them to open the doors, went inside, spoke to, again, another, you could tell he speaks English man, but wasn't wanting to, so didn't understand and wasn't being very assistive. Um, and he said, no, 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 you can only pay for these on a Tuesday and Thursday between 8 and 10 a.m. and you need to bring cash. And I was like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> no, I'm not fucking having it. I have a Santander debit card. I am a local. So <laughs> ended up saying, look, Santander credit card, it's fine. And he went, oh, well, let's go to the cash machine then. <laughs> In like damn near perfect English. I'm like, what the fuck? And so anyway, you go to this ATM style cash machine, um, scan the barcode on your municipal license paperwork, insert your debit card and pay for it. Then you get a receipt, which you then need to take back to the municipal to prove that you've paid for it so that they can then print out your license. Anyway, at this stage, this is now half past 10 the following morning. I walked back into the municipal and missed a very happy non-English speaking Spanish man had the biggest grin on his face. And I can only figure out that it's because he didn't think I was going to go through with anything. <laughs> so <laughs> He was like, oh, actually, he did do it. Fucking idiot. Um, but yeah, so you need that and you need insurance. So you need insurance in the Canary Islands to be able to own and use a, any form of firearm of which a spear gun is. Luckily, the BSA insurance is covering all that. Um, so as long as you are a BSA member, you don't need the additional insurance for a gun in the Canary Islands. So yeah, good to know. And then Biagio, so you get matched to the fish, so we took a load of photos. Um, and the deal with Biagio on your first trip out with him and how he, I mean, he's an absolutely phenomenal guy. Um, he was completely transparent. He charged me 50 euros for the three or four hours, which is just amazing in and itself. Um, he then gives you a part of the fish, 
we got along really well, so he gave me way more than he should have, um, including the head and the tail, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but he gave me about four kilos of fish, of which I took home and absolutely demolished. And he then takes the rest and sells it on, um, you know, to his local fishmonger guys so that you can make some money out of it. Because Biagio is actually vegan, although I did force him to try some sashimi. So, yeah. <laughs> again, there's a conversation to get into. A vegan spearfisher. How bizarre. He still eats fish. Yeah. Really, really nice guy, but he loves the sport. So he's not vegan then. Just No, he's vegan. I don't think he can be vegan if you eat fish, right? Well, he has a McDonald's every now and then, but no, he doesn't really. <laughs> no, he's he's vegan. And I think the only reason that he had that fish then was because he didn't want to be rude. All right. Yeah. Um, oh, and also Biagio, um, he's not local Tenerife. Um, he lives in Tenerife and he is now local, but he's Italian. So, but the, the way that he got us onto the Wahoo, um, and since I've been watching him on social media, um, yeah, he's, he gets Wahoo every day. So Tenerife, there's Wahoo in all the time and Biagio knows where to go. So stater spearfishing, awesome. if you awesome. want to trip out there. What kind of sharks do they go in Tenerife then? Hammerheads. And... Spanish ones. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the other sharks are, but I don't think that I don't think the hammerheads are the ones that he was worried about. I think it was just grey sharks. What are you gonna do with the head and tail then? Oh yeah, so I brought the head and tail back. I don't know where I mentioned this on this podcast because I've been talking about it so much uh, on the holiday. <laughs> so um, yeah, Biagio gave me the head and tail. Yeah. Of which are when I go back to the brim. So this was the Sunday afternoon, and we were leaving Monday. I bet Rachel loved you. Yeah, yeah. I didn't take it in the shower though. Um, <laughs> the teeth were too sharp. I was worried about damage. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, triple bagged it, stuck it in my sports bag, and flew it home. And walked through the anything to declare, and just smiled and waved. <laughs> so yeah um don't recommend doing that because you probably get pulled um but yeah what is the like the rule on are you allowed to take 20 kilos like norway or is there you can yeah but you've got to declare it right and right. obviously it would have to be packed in a you know Do I need to cut this out of the uh the final oh, no, absolutely not leave it in <laughs> i i haven't broken any laws because they didn't catch me <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely didn't bring a thousand fags back, but anyway. Um, yeah, no, so I brought the head and the, t- the tail home. Um, I was, while I was out there, I was still frothing and like still major adrenaline. So I was just thinking about with the head, I was going to boil it and take the jaw and put it on like a plaque. Like you see some of the big monk fish or the tuna. But since I've looked at it like a week later, I'm looking at the head going, it's a bit small. <laughs> like, it's fucking huge, but it's a bit small for a plaque. Like, we need to shoot a shark and get that one. Yeah, but um, get another one. the tail, um, I'm going to cast in resin um, and make a, a resin block. And uh, I'll keep the tail because that's, that's cool. That's a cool tail. So, uh, yeah. Off. But then we did like 1,200 miles in the rental car all around. And we did went all the way up the mountains and the volcano. And, yeah, it was... Absolutely stunning island, but there's, I think, if not four, I think there's six islands that you can get to out there that are all very similar. 
Um, absolutely stunning waters, all pelagic fish. And going back to what you were saying earlier on, um, with the trophy fish hunting, um, Biagio's biggest wahoo was 74 kilos. Bloody Like, that thing's a fucking truck. I, no, I really struggled to lift that 35 kilogram fish. I, I don't know if it was awkward about that. You couldn't even lift that kind of but, thing. Yeah, you, know, you couldn't. Yeah, fair. Right. I mean, you only weigh 40 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did laugh at that video, Ben, like holding that fish up. <laughs> The, the video is actually much longer, and it's mostly me just like slipping and sliding over them because obviously we didn't want to reveal any any spots or whatever. So they got me on front of the boat, so the boat could keep moving like away from like the background. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like slipping and sliding all over the boat, like trying desperately to stand up to like hold this fish for a picture, <laughs> like complete knobber. But I could like literally, I could hardly like hold it up it, because they're so slippery and like yeah. loopy. Is yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah, 74 kilos. I mean, that, even that 14 kilo fish, the way that it pulled and it yeah. pulled me, Biagio, the two sets of floats um, for a good 25 minutes, 74 kilos. I mean, I can't imagine what a blue or a yellow fin tuna would be like. How did you find the, the bigger gun? Oh, I've, I've nearly ordered one. Yeah. Uh, and I, I nearly <laughs> ordered one for UK waters. Yeah, like same. going back on Saturday when we went out and going back to my 75, like I just, it's so chintzy and it just doesn't, using his gun was like natural. It just felt like it was an extension of your arm. And even in the video, it looks like the fish is really close. Mm. It's just pinpoint accurate and you can't feel it in the water at all. So yeah, hundred percent. I'm going to get one. Absolutely what was it? it? Like a roller pipe gun? Wooden? Um, so it was a wooden roller. Um, mm. And again, just talking about you earlier on with your loading. Yeah. So this one, and he's made them, you have to put the bungees. Uh, so underneath the gun, it's got adjustable bungee mounts. Right, and so you start with the bungees quite close to the front tip of the gun, um, like close to the rollers, and it's in this little notch. You've got a little steel bar that you put through, <laughs> and then you load it. So you load it onto the first rung of the spear, then onto the very back of the spear, and then you turn the gun upside down using this steel bar that's through the underneath, and then latch it onto the second point and the th- then the third point under the gun. And then you put the metal bar through again to lock it. And those bands, I mean, they're obviously, he's, he's done it absolutely perfectly. But for me, it was easier because of how long my arms are. Watching him try to load the gun, <laughs> it, was, it was like a 10-minute escapade. Like, absolutely hilarious to watch. But once it's loaded, it's just like a laser. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, nice. I was very tempted to bring one of those nice rifle Euro guns home. They're mm. much cheaper out there as well. And the oh, dive really? fins are like half the price they are. Oh, here. well. Yeah. You, um, you, you went over to some of the shops to get wet suit, didn't you? Yeah, I, I bought a, a three mil actually. And I tell you what, the difference between a five mil and a three mil is, well, it's just night and day. I don't feel. It's not quite the same as like a, a surf suit either. So I guess a lot of us in this country would have worn like a three or four mil surf suit. Not that I do a lot of surfing. Um, but the three mil 
like spearfishing suit it's just so like freeing and like diving down you just don't you don't feel the pressure in the same way and you're much freer like your movements are much more straightforward like i went down to like 19 meters which is several meters deeper than i've ever done before and it didn't feel like anything and i i think i did i don't know it was a minute 15 or something like that minute 20 and it it just you're just much more relaxed because you've not got this thing like properly hugging you like i struggled a little bit this weekend um in the south Hams with this with the seven mils because they're so like restrictive of your chest and when you're trying to pack in yeah. the air and, and and dive down and then that's pushing against it on top of the seven mil like it's really different so oh god yeah i wish i could was diving back there in a three mil wetsuit um and the, the stuff's quite reasonable out there as well i was really surprised like the, uh, i said about those rife guns i went into i was really really close to, to getting one they do like a travel one as well that you can kind of like connect together a bit like um oh we had the monk spearfishing on didn't didn't we mm. yeah a few yeah. episodes ago he's he's got some out not totally dissimilar to this but they look amazing uh, I think he's actually opening up for, for sale soon, isn't he? But yeah, yeah like they connect, they connect together. So you have a spear that kind of screws together and you have a, a wooden block that then kind of connects together as well. Yeah. It was like half the price of what, what we have to pay over here. Interestingly, they like, I've got a couple of pathos guns and they were twice the price over there. So I think it's just like, you know, where the stuff is made possibly. Mm. Yeah. Lots of middlemen Lots. making money. Yeah. But, but what, 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 what shop was it that you went to? Oh, it was, it was a Dreno, like I was saying at, at, at the start. Like, right, okay. What you wouldn't want to go anywhere else, mate. That place is huge. They've got, they, they've got so many. They've got, they've got like all the good wetsuits, and they've got also got like these like old wetsuits that must have been in there varying numbers of years. But some of that stuff in there is like like well old, and they, they're selling them off for like ten dollars or or twenty dollars because they've got bits missing and stuff. I, I, w- I wish we had a shop that was like that kind of thing where you've got everything from like the really cheap stuff that you need to mend to make good all the way up yeah. to the, I mean, they had a rife, but it must've been like, do you get guns at two meters? It looked like it was about two meters. Like <laughs> this thing was absolutely huge, six bands on it. And yeah. Yeah. And everything in between. I mean, you know, we've got some really good spearfishing shops down here. Right. But um, yeah, this, this place was incredible. Just like my jaw dropped as I, as I walked in the door. <laughs> <laughs> My little boy loved it as well. I took, took him shopping, bought him a, a little wetsuit from there. And um, yeah, that was pretty cool. He, he actually learned to um, do some snorkeling out there because we had a, a swimming pool in the Airbnb. We stayed a couple of times. Yeah, he's learned to snorkel. He loves diving down now. Won't be too nice. long before I'm taking the boy out. He had his swimming lessons today. And um, you could tell that the swimming teacher was getting really frustrated because he kept just diving down to the bottom of the pool and just like <laughs> hanging down there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't uh, want to do your stupid swimming on a yeah. fucking dolphin. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> Bless him. Nice. Yeah, nice cool. Really cool. Awesome. Epic. Well, Rich, you need a gun holiday. When are you going to go to the... Uh, what's your favourite place? Oh, the Azores. The Azores. Yeah. Yeah, tell me about it, mate. feel like I need one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all starting to kick off now, isn't it? So we'll uh, we'll get some good fish this summer, man. Well, I'm sure yeah, we're going to have lots of catch and cooks and stuff this year. I was thinking we should have a bit of a competition, just the three of us. You know how we did a little bit last year with the start point? Oh, here we go again. <laughs> I was just thinking it might be, I don't know, it might be quite nice if we just invent our own rules and we, I don't know what the prize should be. 
we just all chip in a tenner or something. I, I, can we can we bet like this on, in a public forum? Probably not. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but may, maybe it's just for the glory, as you said, Rich. Although you, you kept quiet about that after um, after not not winning the competition this week. Well, I, I kept quiet, right? <laughs> Rachel said she watched him get out, and he purposely avoided everybody else. He was sulking the whole way up the beach, and then when we get out, it's like, yeah, where's Rich? Oh no, he left. He was miserable. Didn't speak. He's just anybody. gone. Yeah. Oh, do you have any fish? Nope. Uh, We've all been man, there. I, We've all been there. I'm not. I'm not coming down to Devon anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say earlier on. And sorry, just before we get out of that. Yeah. Um, now that you can do like 16 meters, um, and I've got to say this quite specifically because um, my local spot that I'm not allowed to talk about, the Galicia, the one in Tynmouth, the one that is a really good spot that I caught my first pollock on that really pissed two specific people off. I'm just hoping that they're listening. Are you wanting me to beat um, this out again? Oh, no, absolutely not. Please, this this is staying in. <laughs> and there's there's special reasons why. But um, the Galicia is only 14 metres. I thought it was like 17. Oh, I don't know. 17 to the very bottom. Right. Um, to the top uh, sort of jut outs. Um, you do sort of the top of the wreck is 14 yeah. metres. And that's where but, I caught my pollock. I, I think that... 16 metres in this country, it's in totally three metres viz, is going to be a little bit different. <laughs> Not only is the viz literally 10 times better out there, the uh, the temperature of the water out there was 26 degrees. Yeah, it was nice. 21 in Tenerife, yeah. So, well, I'm, after, but I'm well up for after it. We, after we go diving with David Mellon on the 16th, you lads will be diving like bloody fish. Yeah, mm. looking forward to that. And epic. also, we're, we're, with um, what Tony was saying last week, while I was out in Tenerife, when you're that far offshore and the viz is so clear, I got quite seasick because it's you just got no reference for anything. Yeah, it's just really quite disorientating. But um, sorry, competition between us. Am I allowed in it? Because I mean, we all know that I'm going to win. <laughs> just like the last one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it depends if Ra- did Ras count at the weekend I'm not sure this <laughs> oh hold on hold on are we counting fish you already got what well, yeah yeah okay cool I've got one what do you think is even if we don't do it let, let's, let's, let's talk it through what's the, what's the ideal format is it a species competition or is it like Oh mate, do you know how much time we spent on that species comp, didn't we, last year? I know, we, I think horrific. we need to simplify it. So I reckon <laughs> the only way to really simplify that is we don't do like measuring and stuff. Obviously, shoot legal fish. Take a, take a picture, send it into WhatsApp, and that, that's your, your fish off the list. Within a, just within us. Yeah, just just those three. Oh yeah, <laughs> just I am not going through hundreds of submissions from everybody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> are you offering Please to adjudicate? Are you? I I have not got the time, <laughs> nor patience, nor will for that. So that's not happening. So the Spiro Hangout's going to have a species comp. It's going to be adjudicated by no, Richard. Please <laughs> send all of your submissions to Richard at yeah. SpiroHangout.com. I, no, I was it's fucking de- definitely thinking just those three. I thought it might be a little bit of fun to have a, a little bit of um a little bit of a competition between the three of us just like we did last year really see how we get on at the end of each episode yeah so what's what's on your list so should we stick the normal stuff on there love bass well pollock 
We'll have. So we are going species then, are we? Yeah. We're not, what we well, just do. count them up at the end of the year, see who's got the most. Yeah. Oh, okay. Man, I spent so much time on that species. I'm hunting different species last year. That was fun, though. <laughs> yeah, but we're not doing we're not doing this for any you know. We're not. We're not doing it for seriousness. We're doing it. Yeah, between but the bragging rights are worth more than the vouchers have bloody got. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. What are the band species? Rats, obviously. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 why don't we just copy the format from last year then, and then we can just run with that. I don't know. But Barkley would allow us to. What? What do you mean? We've we've got Cop- the list already. Copyright. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got the list. I thought it was a United Spearfishing one anyway. Yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. we've, we've got the list. We've got the list. And which yeah. is between us three. It's not an open competition. I'm All right, just... can we just see one fish of each species then? Just what, biggest one. one. Just one. Yeah. yeah and then Haley's got to make us a plaque. Oh, yeah. And that's whoever, a good idea. Yeah. And who, whoever gets the most species wins. Most cool. species, no, because you're just going to go straight off to your fucking boyfriend, and he's going to take you over to all the places to get all your stupid bream and shit. You've got a boat, oh. though, man. Yeah, but I don't know what bream looks like. Yeah, I've never seen one in the water either. <laughs> well, actually, actually, Anthony, me, me, and you could see my man. I'll take you out to get some bream, and then uh, you just want to use my boat, you little bitch. <laughs> we, we can, yeah, exactly. But we can get ahead of Ben. <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah, let's God. do that. That'd be here, funny. It go- here it goes again. Oh mate, last <laughs> year was bloody savage. Every time I went, in, oh, I'm really proud of myself. I got another species. Really happy with that. Bang, bloody puts a picture up. Look what I just got. Fuck. You be Yeah, mate. My missus hated me last summer as well. Every night. Yeah, we do. I'm going to be fishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think with the BSA and stuff, we've got more than enough on that need to be competitive apart from with each other. Yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah, it's always the best fun anyway, to be fair, when we're competing against each other. Yeah, and I mean, if if we ended up getting involved in something like that, it would only come to the last day and then Tony Sykes would pull out a lemon salt. Just... Well, here's the soul king. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Tony. <laughs> Cool. Just don't put me and Anthony together when we go diving with David Mellick because we might drown each other. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Are you going to be able to fit through the plane? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> we're, going, we're going that low, aren't we? <laughs> I was just thinking. That fucking... I've lost weight, thank you very much. Yeah, I know, but we're going to have to lube you up for that door at the end because it's like <laughs> I struggled to fucking fit through it. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, we've got Dave Miller, Bob Star. Yeah, yeah man. That's going to be really good. That one. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be awesome. And then the other few things that we've got coming up, just so because this will probably go out next week. So there is things coming up. So 10th, uh, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, 10th. Prep 11th? boat. No, 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 no. My oh. calendar. <laughs> 10th prep boat for Dorset <laughs> National. Um, no, so 11th of June, we've got the Dorset National, the BSA competition. Um, I believe with that, Rich, it's pay and register on the day. Yeah, yeah, just turn up with the exact cash because I'm not giving it what change. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, you don't say card? It. I'll just keep it for myself. And mm. um, yeah, so it's cash on the day, just register on the day, job done. 
Nice. Sixteenth, uh, we've got David Meller. Yep. Um, which is, yeah, going to be great. And then going into next month, uh, we've got on the 8th of July. We've we, we got a lad's day planned on the 8th of July. We do. We do. But, but we don't know what we did, yeah? We've got a lad's day. For you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, all I've got here is lad, lad, lad. <laughs> Are we going to Cavos or MAGA? Um, now, 29th of July is the BSA National Budley. So that's the uh, Budley, the third, well, the second um, competition, but that is not run by a club. We're going to run that by the BSA, or sort nice. of all effectively in-house. You missed uh, the uh, LIC Pairs competition on the oh, shit, that's not in my 15th diary. of July. Of course. Of course. Well, I think it's Are the 15th. You... I haven't checked Facebook. Let me check that. Who's, who's going? What's the story? I've got it on my Facebook. I haven't put it in my diary yet. Naughty man. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's yeah. three of us. Have you? Who's got buddy so far? No, I don't. I don't know if Sugar Daddy wants me still. <laughs> ben, yeah, mate, I'm keen. Have, yeah, you can have me. I'm available. <laughs> Let's do it, man. As Dorset. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty close. Where, where, where's the like weighing and stuff? Oh, I haven't looked properly yet. To be fair, oh, can you like, can you two be away. trusted with a boat? Yeah, mate, yeah. we can look after your boat. Of course we can, mate. Uh, if you want it, it's there. Because <laughs> oh, I'll, probably, I'll probably end up, to, if I am budding with Dave, I need to confirm that, because if I am budding up with Dave, we'll take his boat. Um, nice. But I'll yeah, my boat mate. will be there if you want it. Uh, so yeah, 15th and 29th of July. It's Budley. And then the Cornish National is on the 30th of September. Awesome, so yeah, and then should oh no, and th- yeah, the other one that was um, was the Southwest Wales, uh, which is on the uh, what is it, eighteenth or is it seventeenth? Uh, Saturday, seventeenth of June. Sorry, yeah, we're so yeah, all 17th. over the place. <laughs> Still getting calendars sorted. <laughs> um, yeah, seventeenth of June is the the new Southwest Wales BSA club. Um, they've got a pairs competition as well. Um, if anyone, if anyone of our listeners in Wales, they should definitely check that club out. They look like they've done a bloody good job. Oh, they're, they're smashing they're, it. They're, yeah, their meetups look bloody epic as well. Mm, they are a load of really good guys, and yeah, they 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 look like they're killing it. They're obviously all frothing because it's all still, you know, new club, new group, and stuff. So yeah, loads of input, but yeah, definitely a club to look up to. Um, for all the events that they're throwing, but they had a their first event the other day, didn't they? Or was it weekend? Or they had like yeah, camping. Yeah, it looked really good. Yeah, man, food looked awesome. Mm. And also, uh, like I said before, the water in Wales in Pembrokeshire looked bloody amazing. Yeah, it does yeah, look it really does. good, man. We got so, a road trip this year. Yeah, oh, I'm going to be up there on the pairs comp. I'm just looking for a partner. Um, yep. Oh so yeah. Yeah, I'm working that day, unfortunately, but yeah. Yeah, Sounds awesome, lads. Awesome. Well, good to catch up. It's nice to have just us. Yeah. yeah man. And um, same time next week. <laughs> same time next week. Unless we're <laughs> unless the busy busy is really we're diving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> nice one. All right. Cool lads. You take awesome. it easy, lads. Nice to see awesome. you. Awesome. Good to see you. See, see you soon. Good night. Good night.